Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. It's really lovely to have you all here this morning. It's great that Vic asked that question a little bit earlier on about what it is that you're looking forward to at Christmas. Uh, Because it's what I was going to say. I wonder what it is that you like about Christmas as it approaches. Maybe it's because of what you can do. Um, Maybe you're thinking to yourself... Oh, I wonder what parties I can go to. Uh, Is it going to snow? What's going to be on telly? Who gets the Radio Times early to sort of check and cross off the films, highlight? Oh, somebody else does. That's good to know. Um, uh, Maybe you're thinking, well, what what can I eat? This is one of my favourites, definitely. Uh, I love turkey at Christmas. Uh, The mince pies, the Christmas puddings. And we had somebody here saying chocolate. Everybody's with him on that one. What can we eat? Or or maybe you're asking, well, um, what, what would I get? And I can't imagine there's many of us who don't go to sleep just on Christmas Eve dreaming of what's going to be in the stocking at the end of our beds in the morning. Now, put all that together, and uh, doesn't it strike you that at Christmas we can be quite selfish? Did you notice all the eyes in that? I think we can light them up. It's Christmas, sometimes it can be about me, me, me. So isn't it refreshing when you find somebody who looks beyond themselves... And thinks of other people. Uh, I found an example of that um, on my television this Christmas. It's my favourite advert this Christmas. Some of you may have seen it before. If you haven't, we're going to just watch it now. Uh, it's the John Lewis advert. And um, I'll let you into a secret. First time I saw this, it made me cry. Um, have, a, have a watch. You know, giving is so much better than getting, isn't it? But you know what? Giving can be really risky. And we're going to see in our service as we go on today... Uh, we're going to, uh, well, we're going to do a bit of giving ourselves as we bring our toys for the children's hospital. That's great. And we're going to meet some people who you'd think would be people who would be giving or should be giving, but they're not. Uh, and then we're going to meet a lady who gives in a way that risks absolutely everything. Keep your Bibles open uh, as I tell you about one of my friends. Uh, he's, uh, he's a friend who, he's a bit into um, extreme sports type things. And uh, he's a surfer. Uh, He's a a, a cyclist. Um, He went to America to learn how to base jump. I mean, who does that for the holidays? Uh, He uh, cycled from Russia to Mongolia, cross country on a mountain bike. uh, And he does all sorts of other crazy stuff. Uh, I've got a little video of him here um, doing a uh, a rope swing off Clifton Suspension Bridge. Uh, Just have a watch of this. Here he goes. There he goes. Hit the water. He's a nutter. <laughs> Total nutter. And, and that's probably what some of you are thinking, that, you know, all this sort of extreme sports stuff, it's a little bit risky. Why on earth does he do it? And if you asked him why he did it, he would say, yeah, it's great, man. Uh, it's for the rush. Um, uh, uh, which is, I suppose, why they call them adrenaline sports. Uh, we all take risks um, at times, don't we? Not just with sport, but with our money, uh, with our time, with our relationships, with our health. Uh, and why we do those things? Why do we risk things? What sort of reasons? Well, uh, we could be doing it for all sorts of reasons. We could be because we're just greedy. We could be doing it for love. We could be doing it for pride, etc., etc. But I wonder if you've ever thought of taking risks because of what you believe, because of your faith. Have you ever thought of taking a risk because you're a Christian? 
I went to a Bible talk oh, years ago now. I can't actually remember what the speaker, uh, what the Bible passage was. It could have been one of many uh, in the Bible. Uh, but the thing that stuck with me was this Bible speech speaker said, "Faith is spelt R I S K. Faith is spelt R I S K. Risk. Uh, now, if that's true." Let's have a look at the faith of some of the people in our Bible reading today. Um, So, uh, first of all, we're going to introduce you to the teachers of the law. There in chapter 20 and verse 45. Let me read it to you again, even though Ella read it brilliantly well. You'll concentrate more if I read it twice. Um, While all the people were listening, Jesus said this to his disciples. Beware the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes. They love to be greeted in the marketplaces. They have the most important seats at the synagogues and places of honour at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for show make lengthy prayers. Such men will be punished most severely. They're supposed to be a good example of faith. But as far as Jesus is concerned, they're not a good example at all. They're more bothered about themselves than anybody else. Risk doesn't seem to be a word that comes into their vocabulary. All they want to be is comfortable. You can imagine it, can't you? You know, they're flowing robes, it says. So they sort of walk down the street with these big, ornate robes. uh, So they get noticed by everybody else. They like to be greeted. Hello, nice to see you. Nice to meet you as well. Thanks. They, they love to sit next to the most important people in the, uh, in the synagogues. You all right? You're most important this morning? No? Okay. Uh, they, uh, they like to pray in amazing ways with big, long words where people think that they're praying very special things. You noticed again, it's that me, me, me that we talked about earlier on. And verse 47 tells us these teachers of the law, they're so faithless... Uh, They're so selfish that they devour widows' houses. They cheat ladies who've lost their husbands out of money and property that they can't afford. And they take that property and spend it on themselves so that they can be okay. How terrible is that? Isn't it sad that it's the religious people, the church folk, if you like, that Jesus always had the biggest battles with? Really sad, that. And in Luke's gospel, these people hate Jesus more and more as the book goes on. So if you look through Luke's gospel, you start in chapter 11, and you'll find that they're accusing him of being the devil. In chapter 13, they moan at him for healing on a Sabbath. In chapter 15 and 19, they mutter about him eating with the sinners who need him the most. And in chapter 20, just before our passage today, they're looking for a way to arrest him. In a couple of chapters' time, they're going to be plotting to murder him. The religious people, the teachers of the law. Now Luke's gospel often finds the establishment, the people who are religious, the people who go to church, fighting against Jesus and getting it all wrong. And I don't think that's a caricature that was just meant for them and not today. It's easy to point the finger, isn't it? Uh, If I'm honest, I like to be noticed. Um, I like to be greeted by people when I come into church. I like to have good seats and things for myself. I like people to think that I pray well. And Jesus, you know, sometimes spoils that, doesn't he? That's what I like. But Jesus spoils it because he says I'm supposed to be humble. He says I'm supposed to serve and and not be served. He says I'm supposed to put other people first. If you ask me, that's all a little bit risky, that is. Yeah, I'm quite comfortable as I am. I don't want to sort of rock the boat and do those things. I'll just make sure I look after myself. You know, I call myself a Christian. I'll tell you that I trust in Jesus. But quite often, 
If I'm very honest, I think I've a lot more in common with these teachers of the law than I'd like to admit. I don't want to risk things for Jesus. I really don't want to risk things for Jesus. And verse 47 finds Jesus being unsettlingly honest. Such men will be punished most severely. Fortunately, there's somebody who is setting a much better example in our passage. While the in crowd and the religious folk in Luke tend to get stuff wrong, it's surprising how often the poor people and the outsider get stuff right. And interestingly, it's one of those widows, the ones who could have been being taken advantage of, who nails it when it comes to faith. She nails it when it comes to risking stuff. And she particularly shows her trust by giving. But it's the motivation and the faith behind the gift that Jesus says is brilliant. Yeah, let's have a think about this lady. Um, basically, she trusts God enough to take a risk. Life can't have been easy for her. Uh, in those days, if you were a single woman, you would have struggled hugely. She's lost a husband, and the money that she has to live on uh, is just two small coins. Um, the smallest coins that you could get in those days. If you thought of it as two pence, you'd be very close to the truth. This lady would have had good reasons to hold back that money so that she could afford some food or something. If you compare her to the rich people who were giving, you might say she was a bit silly giving. Jesus doesn't say that the rich people have a bad attitude or they're getting things wrong, but they were giving out their wealth. They were rich. They can afford it. But this poor woman, she can't afford to give. Today's equivalent might be a family who are really struggling to pay their mortgage, but still carrying on the level of giving to church that they've always kept. Or a homeless person who sells all these big issues and then goes and gives the money to charity. Just seems silly. Just a bit odd. It's very, very risky. And I think that's what Jesus commends this lady for. He says, well done for being risky. Well done for being risky. Look at verse 3 of chapter 21. I tell you the truth, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. It's a good reminder, isn't it, that the common person or the outsider from church may be more in touch with God than the bishop or the religious person or the person who's been coming to church for 50 years. It's not what you look like on the outside, not the number of coins that you give, it's what's going on inside, in your heart, that matters the most. And now we don't know what's going through this lady's heart, but Jesus does. He's God in a body, after all. And he comments about her risky gift in a way that makes me think he knows this gift is given with worthy reasons, with right motives, with good incentive. Maybe she's had prayers answered, maybe uh, she's worried about others uh, and she wants to give to them. Maybe she's heard of what Jesus has been saying and he's responding to that. I've got another little video here to make you think a little bit about why Christians might give. Let's watch it. Uh, nearly finished. You'll be glad to know. Uh, but um, I know what some of you be uh, thinking at this point. Because uh, it's exactly what I was thinking when I was studying this little bit of uh, Luke's Gospel. Surely the Bible is not asking us to risk our money to live on and giving it away. Surely it's not asking us that. Surely God doesn't want us to risk reputation and success and friendships. Surely he's not telling us we've got to trust Jesus to those levels. Surely he's not asking me to risk 
living my life only for Jesus? Well, just to finish, I want us to think through a little bit where this story of this whiskey, risky widow, it's hard to say that, isn't it? Risky widow comes in Luke's gospel. Um, when I was first thinking of trusting Jesus, I was 17 when I became a Christian, and there was one question that was in my mind a lot. And it's a question that stops me now even stepping out in faith and risking success or money or reputation. And the question is this, what's going to happen in the future? What's going to happen in the future? You know, if only I knew what was coming next, if only we knew what was coming next, uh, we could make informed decisions about the things that matter, uh, and then we could risk the things that don't matter. Well, just have a look at Luke chapter 21, verse 5. If you haven't got it open, it doesn't matter. I'll read it for you. It says this. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, as for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Here's a man who knows the future. He said the temple would be destroyed, and on the 10th of August, 70 AD, it was, along with the whole of Jerusalem. In my book, you can trust a man who knows the future. Taking risks for a man who controls what's going on and knows what's going to happen, they're not risks at all, really. So, if you're wondering whether to become a Christian, likelihood is that there's somebody here who's thinking about it at the moment, as I was when I was 17. Well, let me encourage you this Christmas. You can trust Jesus. Pop back uh, some of these next services. Uh, Ben, uh, one of our other ministers, is going to be unpacking the rest of Luke 21. And I think it will give you plenty more reasons as why you should trust Jesus. If you've been challenged recently to talk to someone about Jesus, to invite them to do a Bible study, to invite them along to something at, at church, to give more, well, know that you can trust Jesus with all those risks. And if you've been tempted not to trust Jesus... I know I do. Uh, I sometimes don't believe in his promises and just want to stay comfortable. Then I think Luke begins begins to ask this bigger question. If you're not trusting him, who are you trusting? And is there anybody else worth trusting? Faith is spelt R-I-S-K, particularly faith in Jesus. And risk is right. Got a little video to maybe challenge you on some of these things before we pray and sing our last song.